the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Herein is described identification of Christ that makes him superior to any other person who has ever lived. And here Paul describes Christ Jesus in the context of relationships to deity, to creation, and to the church. Thank you for joining us on this another edition of Study Verse by Verse. If you're new to the broadcast, this is a daily visit from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely. And he walks us through the Word of God, just as the title says, verse by verse. And he's in the book of Colossians, continuing in the first chapter. We're just beginning this study, and today Pastor Layton is beginning a brand new message. Grab your Bible, turn to the New Testament book of Colossians, and follow along if you can. This is, uh, we're discovering, is a very relevant uh, book to us today, like all of the Bible is. Those early Christians in Colossae like to fondly mix uh, the truths of Christ with uh, some of the surrounding culture, and, and uh, the results were destructive. It either resulted in some kind of a legalism or some kind of a licentiousness where they took the, uh, uh, the grace of God as a license to continue in sin. When you mingle the doctrines of Christianity, then the uh, integrity of the gospel is compromised, and that version of what may be called Christianity cannot be distinguished from any other man-made religion. Uh, those believers in Colossae lived in a culture very much like the one we live in today. We live in a culture of pluralism, religious pluralism, and syncretism, where the Lord's, uh, Christ's lordship is denied, where one religion is considered just as good as any other, what uh, is true for you may or may not be true for me. All religions are basically the same and so forth. And to that, the Apostle Paul gave us in Colossians this declaration that Jesus is Lord. That true Christianity is all about Christ Jesus. He is supreme. He is preeminent. He is of first importance. Everything revolves around Him. True Christianity is all about Christ Jesus. Jesus is unique. He is God incarnate. The word incarnate means in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh who came to reconcile mankind with God by making peace through his death on the cross. The preeminence of Christ is the theme of Colossians. The Apostle Paul tells us again and again to keep our eyes on Jesus, to not get caught up in man-made religions and traditions and pleasing people and observing religious festivals and idea. They might have the appearance of uh, value and wisdom, but they're really of no value at all. That instead we should set our minds on things above and not on things of the earth. That we should do everything in the name of the Lord Christ and give thanks to God. No other book of the New Testament so directly and forcefully uh, sets forth the lordship of Christ as does Colossians. It identifies Jesus as all, being all-sufficient for us, that he is the key to everything that we need, that anything and everything that God has done for us, he has done through Christ Jesus. Now we've been studying through the first chapter of 
uh, Colossians, and we now find ourselves at verse 15, which contains an incredibly profound description of Jesus Christ. It reads, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So there's a number of misconceptions about Christ that Paul addresses here in this section. And some of the early misconceptions uh, that even continue today are that, uh, that matter is evil and that spirit is good. And so if that were so, then <clears throat> logically God did not create this world because he couldn't have created anything evil. And from that they had a theory about uh, emissaries coming from God and, and a series of those in which Christ was one and therefore there was nothing really unique about Christ. And if that was the case, well then you had to find some other secret knowledge in order to work out your salvation. And what Paul does is address these misconceptions about Christ. He, he talks about Christ preceding all of creation, that, that He was the Creator, that all things were created through Him and for Him, and that the only way that we can come to God, we can be reconciled to God, is through Christ who died and became the firstborn from among the dead. Paul in this passage makes it very clear that Jesus is fully God, and fully man. And herein is described identification of Christ that makes him different from any other person who has ever lived, superior to any other person who has ever lived. And here Paul describes Christ Jesus in the context of relationships to deity, to creation, and to the church. Now that is an introduction. Let's study. He begins with Christ's relationship with deity in verse 15 when he says he is the image of the invisible God. And the word there, image, is the key word to look at because image means an exact representation and revelation. The writer of Hebrews affirms that Jesus Christ is the express image of His person. Jesus Himself said, He that has seen Me has seen the Father. Now nature can reveal the existence of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God, but it can't reveal to us the very essence of God. It's only Christ Jesus where the invisible spiritual God is revealed perfectly. No other person, no other creature can perfectly reveal God, but Jesus can because Jesus is God. Now Paul says Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. The word there is icon, from which we get the word icon. Now Barclay, William Barclay, a brilliant scholar, has some insight here, but to understand his insight I need to give you a little bit of background. And that is this, about 200 years before Jesus came, 
to, uh, to this world, uh, scholars got together and translated the Old Testament from Hebrew into Greek, which was the language of the empire. And so when these scholars got together, it, they had to find the closest equivalent in the, the Greek language to the intended meaning of the Hebrew language. Uh, we call it the Septuagint. It was the Bible of the early church. Now, William Barclay provides us this interesting perspective on the word icon. He said, when the original readers would have read this word icon, their minds would have gone back to the creation story. You remember in Genesis chapter 1 where God said, let us make man in our image. So God created in his own, man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. So here indeed is illumination that man was made that he might be nothing less than the icon or the icon of God. For the word in the Septuagint translation of Genesis is the same. That's the word the Apostle Paul chose to use here. And that, that is what man was meant to be. But sin came in and man never achieved his destiny. By using this word of, of Jesus to describe Jesus, Paul in effect says, look at this Jesus. He shows you not only what God is, he also shows you what man was meant to be. Jesus is the perfect manifestation of God and the perfect manifestation of man. Now it's very, very important that I clarify something here because I don't want anybody to leave with a misconception uh, William Barclay here is not suggesting that man was meant to be God. Is that really clear? He's not suggesting that man was meant to be God. But rather, and let me see if I can phrase it this way, that we were intended to be like Christ. Okay? That we were intended to be like Christ. Listen to what the Apostle uh, John wrote in 1 John chapter 3. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Look, just look at it. We're called children of God. And that's who we really are, but that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously, because it has no idea of who he is and what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him, become like him. All of us who look forward to His coming stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. When we walk with Christ, then we become more like Him. Paul wrote, For whom He foreknew, He predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. Now, that would have been something that would have come up in the, in the thoughts of those who had a Jewish background because they knew the Old Testament and they knew the creation story. But we're told that many of the believers in that church were probably Gentile, which means they didn't have that background. But something else would have come to their mind, as William Barclay again uh, points out. He says that when a legal document was drawn up, such as a receipt or an IOU, it always included a description of the chief characteristics and distinguishing marks of the contracting parties so that there could be no mistake as to their identity. The Greek word for such a description is icon. The icon was therefore kind of a, a summary of the personal characteristics and distinguishing marks of the contracting party. So then Paul is saying, you know how if you enter into a legal agreement there's included an icon, a description of which you may be recognized? Well, Jesus is the portrait of God. If you want to see what God is like, look at Jesus. You know, it wasn't too long ago uh, that we had 
two men in our congregation that both had exactly the same name. And so when you start talking uh, about them and use their name, somebody in the conversation said, wait, wait, which Bob are we talking about? And you had to, to give some descriptions that said, oh, that's the Bob we're talking about. So everybody knew who we were talking about. Well, in the broader legal sense, we, today we use driver's license numbers and social security numbers and stuff like that uh, for this. But back in those, uh, those days, they used the ICOM. Well, we'll have to leave it right there. A bit of an awkward spot on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse, but we're almost out of time. This is a daily visit from Church of the Highlands in uh, San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us, and this ministry is on the web at studyversebyverse.com. We're, of course, listener-supported. And if you'd like to join with us as a partner, you can do that easily when you go to studyversebyverse.com. More information about the church is on their website, including Highlands Christian Schools. I know a lot of parents are thinking about the education for their children right now, and you can find out details about this marvelous school at highlands.us. There is a link that will take you to the website for the school right there. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. We'll continue this message as we study through the book of Colossians on the next edition of the broadcast Wednesday. And I hope you can join us as Pastor Layton opens the Word of God and we study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.